Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Theme of this month, what God laid on your pastor's heart is I move mountains. I move mountains. And um, we'll just share along that lane, both the first service and the second. Well, I'll teach different things in both services. And um, the second service, I'll do a recap of what I said in the first, and then I'll build up on it. Amen. Well, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I move mountains. I move mountains. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I'll read... Uh, a verse there, and we'll start from there, verse 2. Now, in this chapter, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul, inspired by the Holy Ghost, was talking about the importance of walking in love. But we read this in the second verse. It says, And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries, and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and have not love, I'm nothing. Now, of course, he was simply saying that God is love and we should make God's love our great aim and quest in life. You notice in verse 13, the Bible says, And now abides faith, hope, love. The greatest of these is love. Love certainly is the greatest. But you see, what hope does, faith can do. What love does, uh, hope won't do. So they all have what the part they play. Now, what part does faith play? We see it in that verse. It says, I have all faith so that I could remove mountains. So what, what's that telling us? It tells us that people move mountains. Are you listening to me? Notice it says, though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains. So people move mountains. So the theme, I move mountains. Yes, people move mountains. But how do we move mountains? Notice it tells us there, though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains. The way we move mountains is with our faith. That's how we move mountains, with our faith. Now, um, during Jesus' earth walk, he made reference to mountains quite a, a number of times. In uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, Matthew chapter 21, verse 21, as well as in Mark 11, 23, Jesus talked about mountains. And he talked about the same thing, talking about faith moving mountains. So faith does move mountains. Faith does move mountains. Amen. Let's just read those scriptures. You know, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. It says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Amen. Nothing's going to be impossible to us. Notice talks about faith moving mountains. If you have faith like a grain of mustard seed. Now, you see, seeds grow, and faith works like a seed. You plant the seed, you water the seed, then it grows. Now, if Jesus was just talking about all you need is little faith, how come when Peter had little faith, he sank? How come he rebuked them for having little faith? Oh, you have little faith. Little faith didn't get big results. 
So what Jesus is talking about here is not saying you have faith that is little. He's talking about faith working as a seed. But the point I want us to see there is that faith moves mountains. And then in Matthew 21 and in verse 21, see the same thought. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. So faith moves mountains. So he's saying that you can remove the mountain. Now what's a mountain? A mountain is something immovable. It's something huge. It's something big. A challenge. A, a, a test. It typifies the impossible. Now if you take a mountain and you cast the mountain into the sea, it's going to sink. And then there wouldn't be any evidence that the mountain ever existed. Are you listening? So Jesus is saying here that through faith we can do that. Now, I like Mark's account of this story because of this discourse because Mark seems to give greater details than um, Matthew did. In Mark chapter 11, if you start from verse 12, the Bible tells us that, and on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, talking about Jesus and his disciples, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry. Why was he hungry? Because he was a man. He was 100% God and 100% man. The second person of the Godhead. Being a human being, he was hungry. And the Bible says, seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, it came even happily, if perhaps he might find anything thereon. And when he was come to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Now, people have said, why was Jesus looking for fruit from that fig tree, even though it wasn't the season for fig, for fig trees to bear fruit? Now, this is it. In that part of the world, Fig trees that weren't in season, wasn't the season for figs, some of them maintained their leaves. The fig trees that maintained their leaves had fruit. Even in the season that wasn't the season for them to have fruit. So when Jesus saw this particular fig tree and noticed that it still had leaves, then he expected to find fruit on it. And then he went to it, he found nothing but leaves. Now verse 14 says, and he answered, Jesus answered, and said unto it, imagine a man talking to a tree. Pretty strange, isn't it? He answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. The Bible says, and his disciples heard it. Now, he was coming from Bethany. Apparently, uh, perhaps in, uh, with his friend Lazarus and his family. Maybe that was where his disciples stayed. He was on his way to Jerusalem when this happened. He got to Jerusalem. We saw what happened in Jerusalem. And then he must have... Uh, left Jerusalem and gone back to Bethany, perhaps taking the same route. If there was any change in that tree that day, we weren't told. Now, verse 20 says, and in the morning as they passed by, now that must be the morning of the next day. Morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree afar off. You know, Peter calling to remember said, Master, behold, the fig tree without cursest is withered away. So I dried up from the roots. Notice that fig tree did not dry off from the shoots. It dried off from the roots. So when Jesus spoke to it, his words went to the root of that tree. And it caused it to dry up from the root. While it was drying up from the root, you probably couldn't tell within the first hour, within the second hour. It wasn't until about 24 hours after that they noticed that it had withered. So it dried up from the roots. Peter, according to remembrance, behold, the fig tree that curses withered away. Verse 
22 says, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Now, should we have faith in God? The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.21 that our faith and hope might be in God. Yes, we have faith in God. Our faith is in God. But you see, in Mark 11.22, the literal Greek text doesn't read that way. The literal Greek text says, have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. See, Jesus had just demonstrated that faith, the God kind of faith, the faith that removes mountains. He had spoken to that fig tree and the tree withered. It dried up from the roots. And then the disciples was like, what, what, what a word. What happened? My God. So perhaps they were wondering, is this a deity trick? You know, how did you do that? So Jesus was simply telling them, guys, listen up. You see, what I just did, you can do the same thing. All it takes is the God kind of faith. That's what I used to do it. And you guys, you need to have that God kind of faith. So it literally says, have the faith of God, which is the same as have the God kind of faith. Now, when Jesus told them to have the God kind of faith, it was speaking of one or both of two things. Now, if I say have faith, you know, or have, have my wallet, it means it is my wallet. I want you to have it. I'm giving it to you. Have it, which means you don't have it. So see to it that you possess it because you don't yet possess it. That's one thing he probably meant. Not probably, certainly meant. Another thing is this. If I say, ah, my guy, have patience now. What do I mean in that context? I'm saying exercise patience. Exercise patience. So when Jesus said, have the God kind of faith, he was speaking, referring to those two things, possess it. And then secondly, he was saying, exercise it. Now, remember that when Jesus said that, he hadn't yet gone to the cross. The new birth was not yet available. On the earth that time, there was only one man who had the life of God in him. And that was the Lord Jesus Christ, the incarnate word himself. So the disciples weren't saved. So Jesus was telling them, guys, see to it that you possess this God kind of faith. And when you possess it, use it. Now, is it possible for somebody who is not saved to exercise faith? Yes, it is. Read Hebrews 11. Those Old Testament saints, they exhibited faith. They exercised faith. The centurion, Jesus said, I've not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. Matthew 8, 5 to 13. The Syrophoenician woman in um, Matthew 15, 21 to 28. Jesus said, oh woman, great is thy faith. So a person can exercise faith even without being saved. Why is that the case? Because you see, faith is of the spirit. We'll get into all that in a bit. Faith is of the spirit. So man is a spirit, whether he's born again or he's not. And because it's a spirit, and Romans 10, 10 says, with a heart man believes. So even an unbeliever is capable of exercising faith. If he wasn't, he couldn't get saved because he, he had to exercise faith as an unbeliever to become a believer. Do you see that? So you see, anybody can exercise faith. Amen. Faith is acting on the word of God. But people who are born again, they have this faith. And I'm going to get into all that. Praise God. Now, in the next verse, verse 23, Jesus now went ahead to define and also describe this God kind of faith. In Mark eleven twenty three, 23, he said, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever, somebody say whosoever, whosoever, 
whosoever, anybody, anywhere, whosoever, whosoever. Every time I see that whosoever, I tell myself it's talking to me. Whosoever means me. Point to yourself and say, whosoever means me. Point to your neighbor and say, whosoever means you. Whosoever. It'll work for whosoever. And actually, it'll also work on whatsoever. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. You see, we're back to mountains again and removing mountains. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And then in verse 24, talked about how that faith works in prayer. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. When ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, now will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. And we'll get into all that. Praise God. So you see, this God kind of faith is the kind of faith, according to Mark eleven twenty three, 23, whereby a person believes a thing in his heart, he says with his mouth what he believes in his heart, and it comes to pass. That's the God kind of faith. That's this mountain removing faith. The faith by which we move mountains. It's that whereby a person believes a thing in his heart, says with his mouth or with her mouth, what the person believes in the heart. And what happens? It comes to pass. So you believe in your heart. You say with your mouth what you believe in your heart. And when that happens, according to Jesus, you will have what you say. So I'll say that again. In Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus defined this God kind of faith. Now, obviously, it's bound to be the God kind of faith because that's the way God created the worlds in the beginning. If you read in Genesis chapter 1, about 10 or 11 times, you'll read again and again, the Bible will say, and God said, and then, and God said, and God said, and God said. You see, why was he reading like, reading like that? Was God trying to make the book bigger? Why didn't he just say, well, the first day God uh, created this, and then the second day this, and the third day this. You know, the first day was light, second day the firmaments, third day, you know, uh, a dry land and the seas, and then uh, some vegetation on the dry land and all that. Fourth day, you know, what, the, the, the planets and uh, the, the, the stars, the sun and the moon. Why was it written like that? And God said, because God wants us to see that the way he creates stuff is by saying. In Hebrews 11.3, the Bible says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. God spoke the universe into being. God spoke the universe into existence. He flung it in being through his words. Through his words. And he's saying, guys, you can do the same thing. You can exercise that same kind of faith. You can possess that same kind of faith. And this is how that faith works. You believe a thing in your heart. You say with your mouth what you believe in your heart. And when that happens, you have what you say. It comes to pass. Now, does that remind us of anything? Sure. That's how we got saved. Wasn't it? Romans chapter 10. Verses 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
says, for with a heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. So that's how we got born again. We heard the gospel preached. When we did, faith came into our hearts. We saw our state, a sinner in need of a savior. We saw God's provision, Jesus Christ, who took away the sin nature as well as the sins of mankind. We saw that. And then we acted on that word. We confessed with our mouths that Jesus is our Lord, believing in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. And the moment we did that, eternal life, which is the essence of God's being, the substance of God, the nature of God was imparted into our spirits. And we became, we became brand new creatures in Christ Jesus. So that's how we got saved, by believing in the heart and confessing with the mouth or saying with the mouth. Then in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says, we having the same spirit of faith. You see, Paul was writing to the Corinthian church. What was good for the Corinthian church is good for celebration church. Amen. And it's good for the church in Lagos or the church in Nigeria or the church anywhere in the world and the church any time in this church age. Amen. We having the same spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith that David walked in, the same spirit of faith that Paul had, the same spirit of faith that God has, the same spirit of faith that Jesus has. Amen. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, he was quoting Psalm 116 verse 10, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken, he said, we also believe and therefore speak. We also believe and therefore speak. So you see, this mountain moving faith is a faith whereby a person believes a thing in their heart and the person says with the mouth what they believe in the heart and it comes to pass. It comes to pass. Now what I want to do is, I want to talk to us about certain key things about this mountain moving faith. How do we move mountains? Can people move mountains? Sure. Now, let me also clarify this. You see, the Bible says, blessed is she that believes, for there shall be a performance of those things. Talking about Mary. There shall be a performance of those things which are spoken to all of the Lord. You see, I am not the performer. You are not the performer. I am the believer. God is the performer. God is the one who, can, who does it. He's the one who can do everything, who does everything. So I'm not the one who will get it done. Mine is to believe what the word of God says and to say what the word of God says. God will bring his own word to pass. You see in Isaiah 55, 11, God said, so shall it be. My word that goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So you see, God stands back of his word. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. As he said it, and shall he not do it? As he spoken it, and shall he not make it good? Amen. In Jeremiah 1, 12, he said, I hasten over my word to perform it. The New American Standard Version, I watch over my word to perform it. So God is going to bring his word to pass. God is the one who does it. Mine is to believe God. Mine is to say what God says. And the moment I do that, 
Then God comes on the scene and God gets the job done. See, this is not mind over matter. Not at all. This is the word of God over all creation. The word created everything in the first place. Don't you think so? And the word will dominate everything. Amen. So it's about the word of God. This is not just about, you know, let's just talk positive. Let's just talk positive. This is not just positive talk. This is not the power of positive thinking. This is the power of Bible thinking, Bible believing, and Bible speaking. It's about the Bible. What does the Bible say? You see, I'm not trusting in my ability to bring it to pass. I'm trusting in God's ability to bring it to pass. He's the one who does it. Mine is to believe him and to say what his word says. And the moment I do that, then I give him the permission. Amen. And he sees to it that the mountain gets removed. Amen. You see, the mountain was created with words in the first place. So words will remove the mountain. Words will remove the mountain. So what are some key things about this faith? How do I remove mountains? How do I get mountains to move? It could be a test. It could be a trial. It could be sickness in your body. For instance, the whole world has been troubled by a pandemic. You see, you see the way we are arranging church today? You're using your face mask. I was using mine too, came with it. I just put it off because I'm uh, bringing forth God's word right now. It was a pandemic, affected the whole world, you know? Yeah, I'm a faith person. But does being a faith person mean I should be foolish? No, it doesn't. Are there natural precautions we ought to take? Sure. It's just in keeping uh, the government requires we do those things and that's fine. Besides, Wisdom is profitable to direct. Are you listening to me? Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So faith and divine wisdom are not mutually exclusive events. Are not mutually exclusive forces. The devil tempted Jesus, showed him, uh, took him to the pinnacle of the temple, told him to jump down. Said, because God said he would give his angels charge over you. You know, just like some folks who say, why are you guys using masks? I thought you believed God. Yeah, we believe God and we have some sense. We have something else in our heads besides water. The way some people act, you'll think it's only water that's in their heads. Yeah. He said, no, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So there's a place of wisdom. I'm not saying be foolish. The Bible says you walk by faith, not by sight. But when I want to cross the road and I see a car coming, I wait. A car is coming. I don't say, well, I walk by faith, not by sight. Doesn't matter. I'm just going to step out. Then it won't be long. They'll come to preach someone's funeral. Are you listening to me? So faith doesn't mean be stupid. Faith doesn't mean, you know, God said he will bless the work of our hands. So we need to put our hands on something so that God will have something to bless. So faith is... There's a Godward side and a manward side. Yeah, and besides, you see, there are certain things I can do and I'll be fine. But somebody will see me doing that thing. The person may not know what I know. I may not have fed on what I've been fed with. May even have been fed better. But by the time they see me do it, they may try what I'm doing and it may kill them. 1 Corinthians 8. The reason I do certain things sometimes is not just so much because of me. Is because I want to walk in love towards somebody else. Because 
I could just take this and never use it. And somebody will think, oh, if you really are walking in faith, you won't need that. And then they may not, they may start copying what I'm doing. And as a leader, you have to be careful about those things. And it could cost some people their lives. So I don't want to do that. You know, 1 Corinthians 8, the Bible was talking about knowledge. Do you understand? Somebody has a weak conscience. Somebody has a strong conscience. Paul said, if eating food offered to idols will cause my brother to stumble, I will in no way eat any flesh while the world stands. Are you listening to me? So you see, we have to walk in love. And that's why it's just wise to be an example in some of these areas. Praise God. Not everybody knows what you know. Not everybody is fed with what you're fed in. Someone goes straight to church. He, he may see us acting in some way and all that and he may think, oh, it's fine. And he may not have been fed the same thing and it may cost him his life. So that's why in walking in love, it's good to do these things. But my point is this. You see, faith is what gets the job done. There's fear out there. It's real. People's finances have gone down the drain. People have lost jobs. People have lost loved ones. This is a fact. Faith does not deny the facts. Faith is not a ticket to utopia. You know, sometimes people think, if I just get a hold of faith, then I'll never have problems again in my life. If you think so, you've got another thought coming. Because the Bible says that many are the afflictions, many are the tests and trials of the righteous. It says, but the Lord, Psalm 34 verse 19, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. We live in a world where the devil is God. Is it God that brought the pandemic? Certainly not. Certainly not. God had no hand in it, no finger in it. God had nothing to do with it. Say, but God, why did God allow it? Well, because man allowed it. You see, Adam originally was the God of this world. Are you listening to me? God gave him dominion over all the works of his hands. Adam committed high treason and sold out to the devil. And then Satan became the God of this world. And he began his reign of tyranny on the earth. The laws that govern the earth largely today, you know, sometimes people say stuff like God is in control. Well, it depends on what you mean God is in control. God has self-control. He's in control of himself. But if you mean God is in control of this pandemic, no, he's not. He's not the one that caused it. You better take some control. You better exercise some authority. See, the power to bind and to lose is not in heaven, it's on earth. The Bible says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Somebody says, but as the church, why can't we just bind this thing from the earth? No, we can't. We don't have the authority. I have the authority to forbid the devil from working in my life. I have the authority to forbid the devil from working in my family, in my domain. I have authority there. I can take authority over the devil there. Where somebody else is concerned, I may have to supplicate. I may have to intercede. I may have to pray that there'll be advancements in medical science, that there'll be breakthroughs and all that. That may be what I'll have to do. But we can't just forbid it. If we could, we could have forbidden the devil from the earth. But we can't. Until Adam's lease runs out, the devil is going to be here. But the good news is this, he's already defeated. Yeah. Amen. So what if he's here? And so, big deal. First John 4, 4 says, Ye have got little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Romans 8, 37. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Praise God. 1 John 4, 4. So we've got the victory. We've got the victory. So you see, a mountain could be a test, a trial, a challenge, a situation. It could be a financial mountain. Maybe a mountain of debt. Maybe a bill. Maybe something, an obstacle that's standing in your way of getting to your dream, of getting to the, your desire, getting your heart's desire met. It could be sickness or disease in your body. It could be a sinful habit. Listen, there are a lot of young guys here, young girls, ladies. You know, there are just some things young people face for a fact. They got a lot of testosterone, a lot of estrogens in their bloodstream. Yeah, there are some challenges that the youth face. You know, cut corners a little bit so we can make some more money and all that. But you know something? We can overcome those mountains. Faith does not deny the facts. You notice Jesus did not say, whosoever shall say there's no mountain. If there's a mountain, there's a mountain. You can't remove the mountain until you tell yourself, my guy, there is a mountain. There is a mountain. Denying the problem doesn't solve it. We can't bury our heads in the sand like ostriches and act like, you know, there aren't challenges in life. We face challenges. It's a real world. And we're real people. And we face real challenges. But guess what? We've got a real God. Amen. A real Father. And His Word is reality. His Word works. His Word works. His Word is dependable. Amen. Sometimes people struggle with stuff. They struggle with stuff. Some folks struggle with some addictions. It could be it could be porn. It could be, yeah, you know, people who struggle with things like that come to church. Yeah, possible. Some of them may even be looking at me. But just keep looking straight. They won't know it's you I'm talking to. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. You know, sometimes people struggle with drugs. And some of these guys love the Lord. They love the Lord. But they just have some of these challenges. But listen, you can remove that mountain. You can sort it out. Some people struggle with different things. But listen, we can be victorious. We can overcome the challenges of life. Amen. God is our Father. He's on our side. He's not against us. He's for us. He's not out to condemn us. He's not out to judge us and throw us under the bus. No. He is out to help us. And with His help, we can remove any mountain that stands in our way. Now, we've seen that the way we remove mountains is through our faith. What are some things about this faith? What are some things that we need to know about it so that we can remove mountains? We've said people move mountains. The way people move mountains is through faith. We've seen the way faith works. This mountain removing faith is that a person believes a thing in his heart. He says with his mouth what he believes in his heart and it comes to pass. All right. Now, this faith, how do I work it? What are some things I need to know about it so I can get more results with my faith, so I can be better uh, equipped to remove these mountains? 
And sometimes, you see, the mountain could be a long-standing issue. It's been there, almost like a monument in your life. Until, you know, we talk about blind Bartimaeus. He was known as blind Bartimaeus. Blindness almost defined him. Now we talk today about the woman with the issue of blood. Now by the time someone's got a problem for 12 years, the problem almost becomes a defining problem. Listen, we can get rid of those problems. You can get rid of the problem. Now, the person who's to remove the mountain in your life is not your pastor. The person who's to remove the mountain in your life is not necessarily your father or your mother. It's your responsibility. And you need to take responsibility for the mountains, the challenges that you're faced with. Amen. Now, what are some things about this faith that we need to know? Number one, and this is probably the most important thing you ought to know about this mountain moving faith. And it's this. Every believer has faith. Every believer has faith. Every single believer. Every believer has faith. In Romans chapter 12 verse 3, Romans 12 3, the Bible says Paul was writing by the inspiration of the Spirit of God to the saints in Rome in Romans 12 3. In um, that same book, in Romans 1 7, the Bible tells us who that book is written to. It says to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. So it was talking to saints, not folks who ain't. So the book of Romans was written to saints. Born again people, that is. Now, Romans 12, 3, he said, I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you. Now, among who? You? Who's the you? All that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. And that's the same for saints in Lagos, saints in Nigeria, saints anywhere in the world. Amen. I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. That means I ought to think of myself highly. Just that I shouldn't think of myself more highly than I ought to. He says, now, how highly should I think of myself? He says, to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man. Now, that's not every man in the world. That's talking about every man in the church. According as God has dealt to every man, the measure of faith. You see, God has dealt the measure of faith to every believer. Some translations say a measure. Some say the measure. Well, every believer has got the measure of faith. Every believer does. When we got saved, God started all of us on the same measure because it's no respect of persons. Nobody has a better new birth than somebody else. We've got the same new birth. We've got the same matchless heavenly father. We've got the same legal right to the use of the name of Jesus. We've got the same righteousness, the same standing before God, our father. So God dealt to each of us at our new birth, the measure of faith. He dealt it to us. He dealt it to us. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. By grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Now when he was talking about by grace are ye saved through faith. By grace are ye saved through faith. So yes, our salvation is all of God's grace. We couldn't earn it. It's God that did it. Amen. But how do we receive it? Through faith. Through faith. It now says, and that not of yourselves. When he says, and that not of yourselves, 
could he be talking about the grace? He couldn't be talking about the grace. There is no grace that is of ourselves. He's saying this thing that I'm talking about, there is a kind that is of yourself. But the kind I'm talking about is not the kind that is of yourself. There is no grace that is of ourselves. So when he said, and that not of yourselves, yes, there is a natural human faith that is of ourselves. He's saying, but the faith I'm talking about is not that. The faith I'm talking about is the gift of God. Is the gift of God. Now, is he talking about the gift of special faith? No, he's not. Remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible says now concerning from verse 1, spiritual gifts I will not have you ignorant. He know that you were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord about the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts by the same Spirit. Differences of administrations were the same Lord. Diversities of operations were the same God that walketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healings. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another descending of spirits. To another diverse kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. It says, but all these work at that one and the self same Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. Yeah, that's talking about manifestations of the Spirit. And one of the nine is the gift of special faith. Now, the word used for gift, there's the word charisma in 1 Corinthians 12. But you see, Ephesians 2.8 is not talking about that. The word used for gift in Ephesians 2.8 is the word doron. Doron was never used for grace. If it was grace, it would have been doria. But it wasn't doria, it was doron. So it's talking about this faith, that the faith through which we are saved, pardon all my Greek and all, I'm simply saying this. By grace are ye saved through faith. And the faith through which you are saved is not of yourself. It's the gift of God. It's the gift of God. Now, we're all in this hall right now, right? We're all in the service. If somebody who's seated here were to tell me that I've never in my life passed through a door, what would you want to tell the person? First thing you want to look is to see whether any window was broken. If nobody came in through a window and the person is in this building and the person wasn't born here and the person hasn't been living here all their life, then you tell them, my guy, for you to be inside this place, you have come through a door in your life. If I don't know another door, I know there's this door, I know there's this door, I know there's that door and probably a few others. Look, for you to be saved, it takes faith. Saved people have faith. It takes faith to get saved. In actual fact, listen to this. The new birth is the biggest miracle that there is. You can't believe God for something bigger than the new birth. If you've already believed God for the new birth, you can believe God for anything else. The same faith that got you saved will get you healed. The same faith that got you saved will get you delivered. The same faith that got you saved who get you prosperous. The same faith that got you saved, who get you living a victorious life. By grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Saved people have faith. You know, I've heard some Christians tell me that, you know my problem? I just don't have faith. I, I just don't have faith. One fellow came to meet me one time and said, I should pray for him that God will give him faith. And he was born again. So I said, let's pray. I said to him, I said, say after me, 
Heavenly Father, said Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Said, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I realized I'm a sinner. Then he stopped me and said, I'm born again. And I said, my guy, you got faith. It takes faith to get saved. Saved people have faith. Yes, you need to feed that faith. You need to exercise it as well. But you see, you've got to realize that you've got faith. Now, how did you get it? Remember, Romans 10, 13 says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then it says, How shall they call on him, verse 14, in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Romans 10, 17 now says, So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So that's how faith comes. Comes by hearing God's word. That sinner heard God's word, and then faith came to his heart. Faith for the new birth. And then he acted on that faith. Confessed Jesus as his Lord. Believing in his heart that God raised him from the dead. And that instance, he was made a new creature. You know, someone was uh, uh, chatting with me during the, just a few days ago, about a cousin of hers that, um, you know, heard something about the word of faith movement. And that, that word of faith movement, that name it and claim it, grab it, blab it and grab it, you know, bunch. That all that thing is just wrong. That that movement is not right. Then I said to the person, I said, all right, what does the Bible actually say? Paul said, but what seeth it? Romans 10, 8, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. See, the word of faith is not a movement. It's a message. It's the gospel. Paul said, the message he preached, he called it the word of faith. You see, in the final analysis, the word of faith is the word of grace. In the final analysis, in the real sense of the word, it's the message of Christ. It's the message of the Bible. The finished work of redemption. Amen. And it has its basis. You know, because he said, say not in thine heart, who shall ascend to heaven, bring Christ again from above? Who shall descend to the deep, bring Christ again from the dead? But what seeth it? The word is nigh thee, in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which you preach. You see, it has its basis in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. That's what the word of faith is. It's not a fad. It's not a movement. Amen. It's the gospel. Paul said that was what he preached. The word of faith which you preach. And Paul, in writing to the Galatian church, said, if anybody should come and preach to you another gospel, different from the one that we have preached, let such a person be accursed. Amen. Now, of course, is faith the only subject in the Bible? It's not. God wants us to be full of his word. We are to feed on the entire counsel of God's word. All of it. But faith, you see, is a central theme through the Bible. You can't get saved without it. You can't please God without it. You can't get prayers answered without it. You can't fight spiritual battles without it. You can't walk in victory without it. Amen. So, the just, that's the lifestyle of the believer. The just shall live by faith. So, every believer has faith. It takes faith to get saved. So, every believer has faith. Every believer has faith. We've seen Romans 12, 3. We've seen Ephesians 2, 8. We've seen it also, Romans 10, 17. So then, faith coming by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Simon Peter, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Anybody who has received Jesus has become the righteousness of God and has 
in so doing, they have obtained like precious faith. Every believer, every believer has it. Every believer has faith. Now, he may not know he does. He may know he does and he's not doing anything with that faith. Amen. But he has it all the same. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, we haven't. We're not trying to get it. We're not praying for it. We're not hoping we get it. Somebody said this, that the message of faith is, is taught. But the spirit of faith is caught. Listen, and they said, the way you catch it is by hanging around those who have it. I beg to disagree. Every believer has the spirit of faith. Whether you hang around, you see, you've hung around the greatest, you've got hung around the source of all faith. You're in relationship with the source of all faith. That is God. So you've got the spirit of faith. Now, yes, there's uh, wisdom. The Bible says, he who walks with the wise will be wise. When you hang around people who are walking in faith, you know, it's like you can't get to see, wow, you know, that guy's just like me. Look at what he's doing. Look at how he's talking. Look at the results he's getting. And come to think of it, he, God is his father, just like he's my father. I, I'm the righteousness of God, just like he's the righteousness of God. My guy, make I try my hand too small. You see, so hanging around people who are walking in the spirit of faith, yes, may encourage you to do the same. But listen, they are not the ones who give it to you. God gave it to you at your new birth. Every child of God has the spirit of faith. The folks, Paul wrote that to the Corinthian bunch. My God, if you talk about carnality, the way you spell carnality is C-O-R-I-N-T-H-I-A-N-S-C-H-U-R-C-H, Corinthian church. That's the, the definition of carnality. Somebody there was sleeping with his father's wife. Incest. Taking each other to court. Getting drunk on communion. Yeah, of course, you know, they use, they use Shayo for their own communion. You can't get drunk on black currants. <laughs> yeah, can you? As in, those guys who are canal. Some guys will say, I'm of Paul. Some are Apollos. Some will say, I'm of Christ. As if the rest of us are of the devil. You know, they were canal. Paul said, are ye not canal? said, I couldn't speak unto you as unto spiritual. Yet Paul looked at those guys and said, listen up guys, all things are yours. Yeah. Paul looked at those guys and said, look, guys, you are the righteousness of God. Paul looked at those guys and said, listen up folks, you are the temple of God. You see, you don't get people to, the only way to get out of carnality is to outgrow it. And if you feed people the right thing, Tell them who they are in Christ. Feed them the truth of God's word. They will grow up and they will outgrow carnality. And a time will come and say, no, 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 I'm not a mere man. I'm not going to live like a mere man. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to be body ruled. I'm a faith man. So it was that Corinthian bunch that Paul told, you have the spirit of faith. He said, we having the same spirit of faith. If I say we, it means we. It means you and me. We. Listen, we've got the spirit of faith. You're not a wimp. You're not a victim. Stop all that victim mentality. You are no victim. You're a victor. You're a victor. You are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You know, when the devil was done, 2020, you want to look at him and say, devil, 
Is that all you've got? Was that your best punch? Was that your best shot? You got any more? And say, it wasn't good enough. Guess what? I'm still standing my ground on the Word of God. I am who the Word says I am. I have what the Word says I have. I can do what the Word says I can do. Amen. You've got it. You've got faith. You've got faith. That's why what Christians are called, you know, the word Christian, find it just two times in the New Testament. What Christians are called more than anything else in the Bible is believer. You are a believer. Who is a believer? A believing one. So we believe. We believe God. We believe his word. You don't have trouble believing. Why? You are a believer. You are a believer. You are a believer. I know one thing about these believers. Mark 9, 23 says, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible to you. All things are possible to you. Sometimes when I face some seeming impossibilities, some looming mountains, some adverse circumstances, I've gone and looked myself up in the mirror and I said, listen up, guy, you've got faith. You've got mountain moving faith. You've got the God kind of faith. You've got the kind of faith that spoke the world into being. You've got the kind of faith that spoke the universe into existence. All things are possible to you. All things are possible to me. Impossibility is an opinion. It's an opinion. It's an opinion. You don't tell me it can't be done. It can be done. It can be done. If you tell me I can't do it, I'll tell you, just go hide somewhere and watch me do it because I will. Provided it's what God wants me to do. And I'm going to do it not because I want to prove a point to you. I'm going to do it because I want to please God and be a blessing to people. Amen. So you see, you've got faith. You've got faith. You've got faith. You move mountains. How do you move mountains? You believe in your heart. You say with your mouth what you believe in your heart. And when that happens, it comes to pass. When that happens, it comes to pass. Now let me tell you, what are the areas of your life where you are challenged? Now this is 2021, right? What are you believing for? Notice Jesus said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. So that means there's got to be a mountain. You've got to know what the mountain is. This mountain. Now faith, some people have this idea don't mind those faith folks. They're trying to override God's sovereignty. They've forgotten that God is the sovereign. God is the only sovereign. They're trying to boss God around. That's just nonsense. Listen, we're not bossing God around. God is the one bossing us around. We're just believing his word. We're just saying the same thing that the word of God says. Amen. You see, the word is God, isn't it? John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Verse 2 says the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. Verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. So you see, Jesus is the living Word. The Bible is the written Word. The written word is given to us to unveil to us the living word. Amen. It's Christocentric. It's centered around Christ. The Bible is about Jesus and his finished work of redemption. That's what it's about. So you see, 
when I speak in line with God's word, I'm bringing God's sovereignty to bear over the circumstances of life. The word is God over all creation. The word will dominate any circumstance. The word will overcome any situation. Amen. Because when I believe God's word and speak God's word, I give God the permission to move in that situation. Because he, he stands back of his word. He watches over his word. Listen up. See, 2021, I'm going to win every single day of this, of this year. Every single day. You won't hear I died this year because I won't. You won't hear I died next year because I won't. You wouldn't hear I died in this decade because I won't. I'm going to live a long life without sickness and disease. I haven't had a headache now in over 30 years. Are you listening? I haven't needed a tablet now in decades. I'm going to live my life out without a headache. I'm going to live my life out without sickness and disease. I will. I will. When I found out in the Bible that himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses, I decided there wasn't any use for both of us to bear them. Amen. Praise God. He took my infirmities. He bought my sicknesses. That if there's anyone I'm holding on to, it's not mine. He took mine. And I'm not a thief. I don't hold on to stuff that's not my own. He took my infirmities. He bought my sicknesses. By his stripes, we were healed. If we were, then I was. And because I was, I am healed. I am healed. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed walking in health. See, that's what I believe. That's what I say. Proverbs 12, 18 says, There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. It says, But the tongue of the wise is health. The tongue of the wise is health. I talk health. And that's why I stay healthy. Listen, if you talk about the lack of finances, it will stop the money from coming in. If you talk sickness, it will develop sickness in your system. Last year, are you listening? More money came into my hands than I ever had. Ever, ever. I was able to give more money last year than I ever have. Yeah, it's a pandemic. Yes, pandemic. You know why? Because uh, I'm not talking about the pandemic. I'm not believing the pandemic. I'm not confessing that the pandemic is against me. Yeah, there may be a pandemic around. There may be scarcity around. But I forbid it in my life. Philippians 4.19 still reads, My God supplies all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Psalm 23 verse 1 still reads, The Lord is my shepherd, I do not want. You know, some people became billionaires last year. Do you know that? In dollars. Billionaires. In the pandemic. Yeah. Listen up. Jesus is made unto you wisdom of God. We have the mind of Christ. We are led by the Spirit of God. He teaches our hands to prosper, to profit. He does. So God can show us what to do. Now, should we be lazy? No. Yeah, there's wisdom in God. Amen. What are you saying about this year? Oh, no. The pandemic is still around. So many people have died. Who even knows, Seth? What will even happen to me? Yeah, I know what will happen to you. Exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, you know there isn't money anywhere. You know, businesses are shutting down. I don't know what's going to happen to this, our business. Hey, even my school itself, I don't know if I'm able to complete it. Hey, eh, things are tied, things are tied. Then your friend has you, oh boy, how now? Say, will they patch up? I wonder when you became a vulcanizer. <laughs> Stop that talk. 
Stop that talk. Stop that talk. Jesus said in Mark 11, 23, he shall have whatsoever he saith. You know when God, after God had made everything, he brought them, the creatures, he brought them to Adam to see what Adam was going to call them. And whatever name Adam called them, that's the name that those things were. You know, somebody said, why is it that it's just one body of Christ? And then this church will say, it's a year of this. That church will say, it's a year of that. How come they're all saying different things? If it was one God, they should all say the same thing. Somebody asked me that. I asked the person, I said, have you ever read the book of Revelation? Revelation chapters 2 and 3. Did you notice that just one Jesus, giving a message through just one John to seven different churches, and yet he gave them seven different messages? Listen, if it's in line with the Bible, different assemblies, God may emphasize different things through the leadership of that assembly to that assembly at that time. Are you listening to me? He can. But if we'll just simply take the Bible, all of the Bible is inspired, it's anointed. Whatever you set as a goal, as a target, both personally or collectively as a church, Listen, if, you, if it's in line with the Bible and you believe it in your heart and you keep saying it with your mouth, you're going to have it. See, the devil knows as I begin to fix to quit that your continual confession of the word of God is his defeat. He knows. He knows that if these guys, if I can't shut them out, I can't defeat them. So what does the devil do? He brings everything to make it look like it's not working. He wants you to stop saying it. The moment you start confessing, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. The spirit of him that raised Jesus from dead dwells in me, quickens my mother's body. Then you start feeling some symptoms. And then you know, what the next thing some people do, they shut up. No, that's the time to get louder. Maintain your confession. Maintain your confession. In the face of apparent contradiction. In the face of seeming defeat. Keep saying the same things that the word of God says about you. It'll come to pass. Don't talk lack. Don't talk failure. Instead, speak the word. You know, the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1, 1 or 3. The earth was without form and was void. Darkness was the face of the deep. What was the next thing God said? He called Angel Gabriel. He said, my guy, that thing dark. The darkness, this darkness show. Eh, this is not darkness, oh. Guys, we suppose woke, oh. Eh? We suppose we woke, oh. This darkness, thick. And then Micah says, show. Is that what? Is that how it reads? In the face of darkness, God said, light. Jesus met a woman, bowed with the spirit of infirmity. She was bowed. Luke 13, 11 to 17. What did Jesus say? He said, woman, thou art loosed. But she was bowed. Jesus said, you are loosed. God met a man, Abraham. He had no child. And what did God say? He said, father of many nations. Father of many nations. Father of many nations. Abraham believed when he was 75. He had been believing that what God had told him. But you notice it wasn't until he got his speaking correct and God helped him to get his speaking right by changing his name. Within nine months, his wife took him. When he got the speaking right. See, most of us don't miss it in the believing. Some do. But where we miss it primarily is in what we are saying. Let me ask you, what are you saying? Are you telling the mountain, mountain, you're a big mountain. You've been in my life for long. This is 2021. It is the year of my mountain. It is the year my mountain becomes a bigger mountain. You know, you know, it sounds funny, but that's what some people are saying. 
what should we say? Let's say this together. I am who the Word says I am. I have what the Word says I have. I can do what the Word says I can do. 2021 is going to be the best year of my life. I'm not dying this year. I'm not going to be the sick this year. I'm, I'm going to walk in health this year. My needs are met this year. I don't walk in the flesh. I grow up this year. I achieve my goals because God is on my side. Do you believe that? Well, shout about it. Glory to God. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings. Blessings.